Hi, you're listening to The Cardigan, a special series from Selfie, focusing on the intersection of psychology and self-care. I'm Kristen, a licensed therapist, a skilled catastrophizer, and mom of four. And I'm Matthias, a licensed therapist, side-eye aficionado, and a dog dad. We're going to be taking your mental health questions, chatting about our own journeys, and looking at psychology in the media. We hope you learned something about yourself, the people you love, and the world of mental health and maybe laugh a little along the way. So go grab some tea and your favorite cardigan and we'll meet you on the couch. Hey guys, welcome to Selfie. We are going to be chatting about our personal mental health this week. We're going to be giving some recommendations. We are answering a listener question about how to help a teen who's having a panic attack, but we're going to globalize that and talk about how to help anyone who's having a panic attack. And then today in Psych and Pop Culture, we're going to be talking about the phenomena of the scammer. We've got movies like Inventing Anna and The Dropout and The Tinder Swindler, where we're seeing people who have been incredibly successful with scamming other people. And we're going to be talking about, first of all, how this happened, and second of all, why we're obsessed with stories like this. Hey, Matthias. Hey, Kristen. Well, how are you? I'm doing all right. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. I'm back in... (laughs) I, I, I don't know if you go in seasons with your therapist. Yes. <laughs> where, where like, you know, you're rolling along thinking, you know what? I don't think I need therapy anymore. And then you're like the uh-huh. next week something happens and uh-huh. you're like, oh, yeah. And like all this shit comes up. So I, I'm in the midst of that with my therapist mm. where like things are coming up again, stories. And I'm like, I'm sure I've told you this in the last seven years. And he's like, never heard that one before. <laughs> so it, it's been... Uh, difficult in some ways like i i'm really good at compartmentalizing for better Mm -hmm. or for worse so it it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like it's necessarily affecting my everyday but i am aware yeah that i'm diving back into some things that Mm -hmm. are hard and yucky to work with and yeah so that's where i'm at does your therapist give you homework he doesn't no no yeah yeah and i'm grateful for that because i feel like i wouldn't do it anyways (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's nice to not have that guilt hanging over my head. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. It's so funny because I do sometimes assign homework and I have clients who really, they want it. Yeah. They right. want it. And so they mm. say like, what am I doing this week? Mm-hmm. Um, and I have other clients who don't, but I always, if I do, I always say this is optional. <laughs> like right. there's, you don't have to do this. Like if you're having a week that it doesn't feel realistic, don't do it at all. Right. Totally. Yeah. 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 I, I Same with my clients. I, as a general rule, don't assign homework, though. Mm-hmm. Like, if mm-hmm. someone begs me for it, then I'm like, okay. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> well, and a lot of times my homework will be, like, check out this book or listen to this podcast. Right. Yeah. For me, homework in therapy is, like, there's just some psychoeducation that it feels wasteful for me to spend our time on, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like if I can give them a book and they can learn the concepts we're talking about and then come back in and then we apply it to their life, that feels, I don't know, time effective, I guess. Totally. Yeah. But no, a lot of times sense. people don't, you know, they're coming to therapy because they're not going to read that book on their own. Right. Right. Yeah. And I do, I mean, <laughs> as you say that, like I do recommend books to people. Yeah. And yeah, like I, I don't know. I guess I've never framed it as homework, though. I it's I <laughs> everyone does everything so differently. So it's but. so true. <laughs> Therapy is a weird job too because you can never watch someone else. 
Right. Generally speaking, I mean, unless you're in training, but you know, it is such a weird job because none of us really know what the other is doing. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. We just talk about it, which like, even that is, it's totally not the same. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. So funny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how are you? I am good. I am actually taking a solo vacation. Ooh. Yeah, it'll be interesting. My boyfriend and his daughter are going to Paris for her spring break. Okay. Um, unfortunately, his daughter and my kids don't have the same spring break. Oh. So my kids are going, but we're clearing the house out so that we could do a home exchange. Mm. So my kids are staying with their dad. So I actually have this like weird week where I can't be in my house. Mm. And I just really went back and forth with like, oh, I should go visit friends. Like, I'm going to go to Austin or I'm going to go to New York. But then there was just like this tug of like, I think I need some time by myself. Mm-hmm. And not in like necessarily a bad way. But, you know, I've just been running so hard. And I just feel like I need to like introvert and take walks and mm-hmm. not answer to anyone that feels important. Mm-hmm. So I... I am staying in the home using home exchange of a couple. They have a one bedroom condo. It's in um, the Bay Area and their house is right on the water and they have a kayak and a bike and they're just right at the mouth of like mirror woods. And so I'm just going to kayak and hike and sit on their balcony. I know. I'm actually really excited. Ugh. That. I am a huge proponent for solo vacations, mostly because <laughs> those are the vacations I take. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just my life. But I, I just think they're so helpful. Mm-hmm. I love that you're doing that. Yeah. And I've only ever done it once before. And that was when I was writing my book. Yeah. And that just that didn't feel like a vacation. No. <laughs> But my other issue, this is funny. I don't think I've ever talked about this on the show. You know, my one way that my anxiety manifests is that I have a really hard time ever um, sleeping in a, in a house by myself. Oh, interesting. If my kids are home, it's fine. If there's another human being, I'm fine. But if I'm alone, I have a really hard time. Mm. And, and I especially have a hard time if um, there's a lot of entryways into yeah. the house. Mm-hmm. Like, I've always been like this. So, for example, when I took my kids to San Francisco, they flew home a few days early. So, I was in this beautiful Victorian house, but it had a million doors. Like, there were doors leading out of bedrooms to that Mm. backyard, you Mm -hmm. know, giant windows right on the street. And San Francisco is not the safest city, per se. Right. Um, And I had such a hard time. So it was funny because I'm looking for places, but I'm like, I just need a place with one entry (laughs) and then like a a balcony or something. Yeah. So I'm in a condo, which feels good. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like what I can handle. Mm. But I was looking at all these, you know, on Home Exchange, there's all these gorgeous houses that are, you know, kind of in the middle of nowhere, you know, backing up to a woods. And I'm like, yeah. I can't back up to a woods in a house <laughs> if I want to sleep at all. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I'm a mess. What do you have for two thumbs up? Yeah. So do you, I, I don't know. Do you feel like you get all these scam calls on your phone? 
Yes. Maybe maybe you don't have this, but I feel like I do. I'm, okay, I feel like I'm constantly like I, between like five, ten, fifteen a day. Oh, I don't get phone. that many. Yeah, I don't know how it happened, but it started. I don't know, a year, two years ago, where like every day I'm just getting perpetually oh these, my gosh, these scam calls, and I don't know where my phone number got out, mm-hmm. what I who I gave it to, mm-hmm. I don't know, but I found this app called Haya. It's H-I-Y-A. Downloaded it on my phone. And it's like a premium filter. Huh. (laughs) And it has cleared them up. How does it work? I don't know. I have no (laughs) idea how it works. I think it's similar to like an antivirus where they have like a database of Mm. like common scam phone calls. And it's like user generated. Because so you can, like if one gets through, you can report it to them and they add it to their database. Oh, that totally makes sense. Yeah, but it's been amazing. It's like, I don't know, $3 a month or something. And it has it has cleared them up to where I'm really not getting any scam calls anymore. And That is really incredible. Yeah. So if you, and I've had my, my phone number, like I've had the same phone number for, you know, since I was like 16. Yeah, I've had the same. We didn't have cell phones when I was 16. But right. yes, I've, yeah. I've never changed my cell phone number. Yeah. Same. And I don't want to go through that trouble. I, no. I thought about it. I was like, is this getting so bad? I need to change my phone number. I'm like, absolutely not. And this has been a really helpful. I, I, I'm, I'm really liking it so far. So Haya, Haya app. Do you use your, your cell phone for business also, or do you have a separate business line? I have a separate business line. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I have a Google voice line. Yeah. For business. Right. Yeah. I sim- Similar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I've had my cell phone number so long that, um, like, I picked the number. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I I chose the number. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it spells yeah. something. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And my ex's number is, like, a f- the same. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. What do you got? Well, you know, in my, in my constant quest to just organize everything, mm-hmm. um, my latest has been organizing my medications mm. and making them pretty. So I ended up buying, and I'm talking like my multi, my melatonin, you know, I just feel like I always have a million mismatched bottles of you know supplements and stuff sitting out on my counter yeah right and it just looks ugly so i saw this idea on etsy i went on amazon and i bought these amber they're like nice glass jars okay and they have like a gold top i think they're actually for making candles in Mm. so they're like the size of a small candle and so they would fit you know 30 60 days worth of any kind of vitamin or whatnot in them and then you can go on etsy And they have these beautiful labels Hmm. and you can customize them yourself. So then it's like this stick on label that it just, you can basically make your medications look like a hotel candle. (laughs) Oh, fun. Yeah. So, you know, you can pick like a scripty font or something. And so I have done that. And now I just have like this beautiful on a shelf row of matching jars with my, you know, DHA and my probiotic and my multivitamin all just looking pretty and matched oh these are i'm looking at the jars right now they're cute and it makes me so happy yeah 
oh, I that's mean, great. there might be something to how much this makes me happy, but <laughs> it makes me very happy. <laughs> it may not be healthy, but. I don't know. There's something worth making things pretty, I think. Have I. I, I should also, I should photograph my spices because I did this, I started this with my spices. Oh, yeah. With Etsy um, labels. My spices are all on ledges and matching things with oh, matching I labels. I tried that once years ago and it worked when I initially, and then it, does, it has not worked for me since. <laughs> yeah, you have to really stay on top of it. Right, right. And then the, it's hard because then you'll get a new spice that you don't like have a thing for. Yes. And then you're like, I, you know, I, I don't have something for this random chicken rub that I just right. bought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'll even like not buy something because I'm like, I don't have a place for that. <laughs> <laughs> that herb sounds good, but I don't have a label for it. So never mind. Yep. Don't need it. <laughs> Well, talk about this question of how do we help a teen who's in the middle of a panic attack or yeah. how do we help anybody who's in the middle of a panic attack? Yeah. I, so I, I always think about this as do you use like the window of tolerance with your clients? Have you, yes. do you talk about that? Yeah. Yes. Uh, like, like this idea of your window of tolerance being kind of the, the window emotionally that we can stay in where we can actually regulate our experience yes uh and you know things maybe we may have anxiety or depression or whatever when we're in that window but it, we can still manage and when we're having a panic attack or you know other things it typically means we're getting outside of our window of tolerance mm -hmm. um and our you know parasympathetic nervous system is taking yes. over yes and we can't control it and mm -hmm. And so that question of uh, how do we come down? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and so I have a couple things that I that I use with people, um, but I think it's it's really important from the from the get go to talk about like when someone, especially if you're assisting someone with a panic attack, like getting close to them, <laughs> touching them, talking to them isn't necessarily going to help. It yes. may actually make it worse. Yes. And I, I think our natural instinct is to jump in mm -hmm. and, you know, touch someone or, or try to help them. And that actually elevates it instead mm -hmm. of bringing, mm -hmm. bringing them down. Because um, they're overwhelmed. Right. And, yeah. and they're overwhelmed, not, I mean, they probably are overwhelmed cognitively, but they're also overwhelmed in the body. Right. So you talked about the parasympathetic nerve. If, if someone is listening and you don't know what that means, like I liken it to like lizard brain, like you've, yes. you've gone into lizard brain, you can no longer talk yourself out of something. You can no longer regulate, calm yourself down. Um, your body is just like fight or flight. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, I can speak as someone who has panic attacks. Mm -hmm. One thing that, well, a couple things that help me. One is a weighted blanket, mm -hmm. but you want to know if that feels comforting to, to someone pre panic attack. Yeah. So you don't want to like come into, into a panic attack with all these interventions. You want to try these interventions in calming moments, but, um, and then just removing any sensory input. So yep. lights down. Um, definitely would not want someone to be talking to me. Right. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I also do think, you know, I, I think the skills 
of learning to capture thoughts and mm. look for evidence of like how how could I how could I be catastrophizing because that's what what I do when I'm having mm. a panic attack I mm-hmm. start to catastrophize and so my brain says all of this is going to end badly I'm going you know I will be penniless friendless you know whatever right dead my life will be over so learning the skills especially for a teenager of dealing with anxiety outside of a panic attack can be very helpful for them dealing with the anxiety inside of a panic attack. Mm -hmm. And so that can look like learning to identify thoughts and feelings. That's just a big one, right? Because usually, especially within a panic attack, anxiety is very nebulous and hard to define. So when we can learn how to really go, what am I feeling? What am I thinking right now? Um, and then learning how to, you know, combat catastrophizing, right? So when you're in that moment of like, the world is ending, you know, to go like, okay, what's the logical outcome? What's the most likely outcome? Can I survive this? What do I have? Which you can't always get there in a panic attack. Um, but sometimes you can't, sometimes you can head it off at the pass Mm -hmm. if you've learned some of those skills, but you are not going to learn those skills in the middle of a panic attack. Nope. You got to learn them beforehand. Before. Right. Right. So I would say, you know, a part of panic attack is, is just like prevention, right? Mm -hmm. Like learning what your triggers are, learning how to talk yourself down, learning how to self-soothe, um, so that when you find yourself, you know, getting into that parasympathetic nerve state or outside of the window of tolerance, right? you can figure out how to get yourself back in. Yeah. You, you know, Kristen, we've been saying parasympathetic. I always get the two confused, but it is, it's actually sympathetic. You're right. I just Googled it. <laughs> it is sympathetic. You're totally right. <laughs> I do that all the time. And I'm like, it's a 50-50 chance I got it right. I know. It's so true. You're right. It's sympathetic. Good oh, correction. I So if, I, if I'm if i sitting with someone who's actively going into a, a panic attack, mm-hmm. um, uh, I'll often, this doesn't always work. You have to be able to read someone relatively well because <laughs> they aren't necessarily going to be able to communicate this with you. But sometimes it works of where I will ask them, are you able to hear me right now? Sometimes people have Mm -hmm. the capacity to nod their head or or shake their head. Mm -hmm. And if they are able to hear me, I'll start speaking in a very calming voice. Not a whole lot of talk, but I will ask them, are you able to look at my face right Mm -hmm. now? And and then if they're able to meet my eyes, which sometimes they aren't, um, and that's okay, um, we can start co-regulating of breathing mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can see my face, can you see when I'm taking a, a breath in? And we'll take a breath together. And so, I mean, there, there are things that you can do where yeah. you can start to co-regulate with someone. Again, yeah. that sometimes will send someone further. So yes. It, it's, you never, you, you I mean, you, you, it's in the moment of whether it's actually helping someone or actually making it worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes that can help. Yeah. Um, and, and then have you ever done EFT tapping? I haven't. Um, okay. But talk about that. I know it's yeah. really popular. I have found it 
to work almost 100% of the time, which I know sounds ridiculous. Um, but I, I walk my clients through this again before a panic attack, <laughs> but you hold your two fingers up, your, you know, your, your pointer and your middle finger, you put them together um, and cross them over your chest. So you're touching your collarbones mm -hmm. and then just tap back and forth on your collarbones with those two fingers. Um, and what that does it is it actually brings your actual parasympathetic nervous system, <laughs> the, yes. the one that regulates instead of puts you into a flight, flight yes. freeze. It starts to bring that back online. Um, and it's, it's a body-based intervention that can often stop a panic attack in its tracks. Mm -hmm. um, again, it doesn't always work. I've had it not work with people, but for the most part, <laughs> it's magical how well it works. Yeah. Yeah, I have heard that too. So that seems like something that you would probably try again outside of a panic attack first. Yes. Learn it as a coping skill and then employ it, right. practiced when you're starting to feel that way. When you're in it, yeah. Or if you're witnessing someone and they are, yeah. you know, your interaction with them isn't yeah. sending them worse, you can start to walk someone through it. Yeah. Matthias, what about just telling someone to calm down? <laughs> As an intervention. <laughs> what about just telling them, calm down? Calm down right now. It's all mm -hmm. going to be okay. Mm -hmm. uh, no. Or stop freaking out. What about stop freaking out? What about that? <laughs> just, oh my gosh, just makes things so much worse. Uh huh. Uh huh. I think I'm actually describing the interventions my parents use with me, oh. um, which may explain a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. All right. Let's talk about this phenomena of scammers and our collective obsession with them. Why are you so into it? This is a good question. I have not <laughs> I have not questioned myself on this often. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> I do wonder. I, I don't know if you get that thing like anytime you're watching like we've maybe talked about this before. Like any kind of like this is a person doing something so outside of my context. Like the mm -hmm. panic of like, am I that? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Okay. I don't, I'm not a scammer, but I, there's just such an allure, and I think some of it is is just the fascination of how do people get away with this? Like yeah. you're just watching something that is so mind boggling yeah. that it is. I mean, it's it's so entertaining. It is. I know. I don't think am I this, but I often think I could do this. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Somewhere. I'll start thinking yeah. like, oh, I'd be really good at this. And then yeah. I would. And then yeah. I'd. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think about that too. But then I think about the times that I, that when I was a kid and tried to play capture the flag where I had those same thoughts of like, I'm uh -huh. going to be the sneakiest. Uh -huh. Never was. Like within yeah. three minutes. I'm like, yeah. if I were to try this in real life, I would get about a day in <laughs> and then go to jail. Yeah. So <laughs> it's so funny that we're having this conversation because just last week I was in a room with a bunch of other therapists on site, you know, yeah. and, and we're all there. It's like therapy camps or we're the, all there at night, like talking about all the world's issues. But we were talking about this. Like, why do we love scammers and how does it work? One of the things we were talking about is that in many of the cases, there's this sort of wealth proximity that they're either offering other people or pretending that they have yep. that seems to 
be a big factor in scamming others. Like mm-hmm. Anna, it's like she pretend Anna Delvey pretended that she was incredibly wealthy and that gave her access. Right. And it was the same with the Tinder swindler. That's how he started the whole thing. He's so wealthy and it just it feels like there is a collective permission given to the wealthy. Yeah. But it's like a tacit trust. And then I was thinking about this further and this weird trust with the wealthy. And I was just, I I was thinking about a couple examples of that. For example, you know, the tags that are on clothing to keep you from shoplifting. Yep. What kind of, those are always in cheap stores. Right. Mm -hmm. Those are always in like the, you know, I'm, I'm in this like boutique where it's clear that everything in there is like straight from China made by a child and they've got tags on all, all the clothes, you know, but then you go into a really high-end store and they don't. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this in terms of wristbands, you know. I, I feel like it's always like the tackiest, cheapest hotels that make you wear a wristband around to get into the pool. Yeah. But if you've ever been to a high-end resort, they would never do that. Totally. Um, valets. I mean, I just I can think of so many examples of where when there's an assumption that everyone there is wealthy – there's a weird assumption of trust. Yes. Like if yeah. you have access to be here, then we would never think you would steal or scam or sneak. Totally. Uh, and, and even where that assumption would be deeply offensive. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big part of it. Yep. Yes. Right. And so I just, I just think that there is something in people that, want the people desperately want to be in proximity of wealth and they would never want to call it out totally and i think we see that as a as a big part of all of these stories yeah that feels huge yeah yeah do you think race has anything to do with it a hundred percent yeah i don't think it's at all a coincidence that i mean anna delvey that elizabeth holmes and and i think the Tinder Swindler, too. Race and also being conventionally attractive. Mm-hmm. That's a right. huge part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's it's massive. The fact that for the most part, not across the board, <laughs> but at least with Anna Delvey, with Elizabeth Holmes, like white. Yeah. And that assumption of trust that that comes with it, too. Like, I, I don't think a black woman would be able to, to do what Anna Delvey did. I don't either. Yeah, I I don't either. I, this is definitely a white privilege um, situation. Yeah. Yeah. But man, I do love watching about them. <laughs> it's just so fascinating. <laughs> like, I, and I th- I think some of it might be that sh- that shortcut thing too. Like these people uh-huh. got away with this and got the shortcuts and got to live these lavish lives that I, I think some of us dream of yes. without having to actually be you know born into it all mm-hmm. those things that are unattainable for the majority of people mm-hmm. they they hacked it they hacked it yeah and that fantasy of i could do this too yeah. i think you're right i do think that's a big part of it right it's they are showing an accessible way you know even though it's like completely lacking in integrity right but they are showing us like a normal person is gaining access to these things that we you know have been taught to revere mm-hmm that is interesting. Yeah. Have you seen the Tinder Swindler yet? T- I Tinder, Tinder Swindler. To- but I, I read a summary in prep for for this, and it looks incredible. Like I, <laughs> putting it's it up. Really, it's really fascinating. Hey, thanks for listening. Just a heads up: we're therapists, but we're not your therapists. 
This podcast is not a substitute for therapy, and by making it, we're not rendering psychological or other professional services. If you need therapy, we recommend you track down someone to help. Join us online for more of the conversation in our Selfie Community Facebook group or on Instagram at at Selfie Podcast. 